Good morning and welcome back for another episode of A Cup of Coffee with Bill. Uh, I am your host, Bill Beach, and I'm excited to bring you uh, another guest in my ongoing discussion exploring sales during a pandemic. And uh, I'd like to welcome Doug Holtzman, who is the Vice President for Business Development at Sports Digita, uh, founders of the famous Digideck that I'm sure many people have used or would like to use. Doug, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I just to let you know, I've got my University of Kansas uh, coffee mug right here. So I got to represent a little bit. Go, go Jayhawks. You're one of uh, many Jayhawk <laughs> fans I, uh, I know. So, um, well, for people that aren't familiar and haven't had the pleasure of meeting you or uh, working with Sports Digit, can you just give us an elevator pitch about yourself and the company and what the Digideck is? Yeah, for sure. Just about myself. So I, I've worked 20 plus years in sports business. I'm originally from St. Louis, got my undergrad uh, in business at University of Kansas, uh, got my master's in sports management at Northern Illinois University, uh, worked my way up from minor league sports all the way up to the major league level. So started in the CBA when Isaiah Thomas owned the, the, the CBA and I worked for him for the Rockford Lightning when he put me through grad school. Um, then worked my way up in all sponsorship sales wise, uh, in the NFL with the New Orleans Saints. Um, I was there all the way up through Katrina. Uh, if, wow. if that, so there's a good reason why I left there. I went to Major League Baseball to the Tampa Bay Rays. I was there when we changed the Devil Rays into the Rays. Uh, then went across to the NBA uh, with the Houston Rockets during the Yao Ming era. And from there, I, I got to college sports and went to work for Ben Sutton when he was ISP, which turned into IMG College mm-hmm. and worked there for a while. Um, after 15 plus years on the, on the team side of the business, I went to the agency side. So I went to actually one of the top 10 advertising agencies in America. And the reason they brought me in was to run their sports division because they knew how to buy everything on earth, but they did not know how to really buy sponsorships. So they brought me in so you could do it at an easier rate, let's say, than they could before. Um, From there, I went to the technology side. Uh, I I was at a startup um, company with about 70 plus people called OnTrack Sports. It worked on AR, VR, beacon technology, step-by-step wayfinding. And then I found my way to SportsDigit, where I've been now for three plus years. Uh, People always ask me, what the heck is SportsDigit? You know, because they kind of hear about it. They're not sure. Mm -hmm. I always explain this. Think of us as a PowerPoint on steroids. So we're a cloud and web-based presentation builder with built-in analytics that can work with your CRM system to create custom presentations in the matter of minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's the best way to explain it. In the sports world, you know, we've got 400 plus partners, the big five, so NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, et cetera. We work with between 37 and 55% of every one of their teams. In minor league baseball, we work with just under half of every team. And in college, we've worked with over 150 colleges and universities. So that we'll, we'll just get into it uh, because I haven't had the good fortune to use uh, Sports Digital's services, but I'm familiar with it. I know the capabilities of it and what it can bring to a sales team. Uh, so not just to talk all about the Digideck, but really what what it folds into on the sales side. And that's really exploring the idea of storytelling uh, because that 
is really where you guys take a lot of the work off is you're able to create a rich story for a sales team. And now obviously the stories change. We've ripped chapters out there, pages missing in you know the sales book for teams and leagues. And so that's what I'm fascinated by is how are we taking this new virtual environment that you and I are living in right now, where we normally have crowds that we can showcase to our partners and our prospects, um, these special moments that you might capture in a ballpark that really speak to a prospect or your client during renewal time. Um, what are we doing to find the new way that we're telling the story? So just from your position, because you're talking to these leagues and teams all the time, how have things changed in storytelling in sports right now? Well, I mean, you hit it right on the nose. Everything has changed since COVID hit. Like I said, you could throw everything out of the book. You know, every, all that whole book is, is completely changed. One of the biggest changes is there's no longer a guarantee of people renewing that renew every single year, whether it's a season ticket sale of a, you know, a person or individual or company that's probably had tickets with you all for 20 years mm -hmm. or simple sponsorships. I mean, look at some of the industries that are just getting slaughtered. You know, you look at the airline industry, you know, that may be a tough one right now to, to right. renew. That's a guarantee usually in every other year to renew. So I think that people now are looking at things of whether it's a renewal or new business as a new sale, because it is not guaranteed. You know, when I used to be on the team side, we would basically look at like, okay, it's going to be X percent of renewals every year. And it was 90 plus percent. Mm -hmm. That 90 plus percent has turned into X has turned into Y very right. quickly. So you have to adapt. And a lot of times salesmen are having to resell what they've been selling again for that 20 plus years, that same person that automatically was a, a check for the previous 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, well, you know, you bring up a good point, especially when you're looking at that automatic renewal that you always could count on as you showing up to the office with a cup of coffee and some cookies and just like, all right, so next year, same thing, 5% 5 increase. Awesome. We'll, uh, we'll see you at the games. Um, now, you know, the, the fear of the economic change has gone up to the sea level. Uh, so more important than ever to find a compelling way to make that case to get those marketing dollars back. Um, so, so why is the story that we're taking out to the marketplace, to these industries that have been just hammered by the pandemic, why is the story so much more important now? And, you know, where, where do you see it being more important, whether it's just the normal prospecting pitch meetings or during the recapping phase? First of all, companies and individuals, so sponsorship and ticket sales, mm -hmm. they're looking at every single dime being spent now and scrutinizing every cent. So before where if you were selling, let's say a sponsorship, you were basically selling to one or two people, they could sign off on that, sign the contract, you're done. Now, those one or two people are turning into five to 10 people, which are turning into, then it has to go up to one part of, or, of that company and another part 
and another part, and sometimes all the way up to the CEO or president of the company that has to literally sign that contract. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of checks and balances that are going in. So that's where storytelling has to be. You know, you've got to do even more to show them their return on investment, why they are buying, you know, what's important to them. So is it, if it's sponsorship, is it a traffic driver, right? Are we going to get people from whatever you are doing in that game to my store? Like, right. is it that? Or whatever, that, whatever you come up with with them, you need to find out and ask tons of questions to find out how are they going to evaluate this, right? How are they going to show return on investment? And if you're not able to do that, I think it's going to make it very tough to keep on selling. Do you find, um, and I brought this up in a, another conversation I had, I was listening to a podcast with uh, a couple of, a couple of uh, guys from a marketing agency who were working on naming rights deals throughout the pandemic. And they, they actually brought up that they thought it was a little bit easier given the virtual space. Um, you know, I know you bring up the idea of checks and balances and having to have more people in the C-suite involved in these conversations and decisions than before, whereas it may have just been with, you know, the CMO and then the CFO are the ones that give the green light. Now the CEO's involved, the board's involved. Uh, they brought up in this discussion that they actually found it to be an easier conversation because those people were involved and more accessible. Um, you know, do you find in your experience, maybe while you're going out and trying to sell the services of the company, uh, do you find it easier? Are you hearing that maybe being able to tell the story of your season and what is in the works, um, do you find people are having more success or yourself having more success by having all of those chiefs in the room? Yeah, it's, it's funny. So, so my company, Sports Digita, we just ended first quarter. We had the best first quarter in the history of our company. Wow. Congrats. So what we, yeah. So which is pretty cool, right? So we've become from a strong want to a, we 100% need you. Mm -hmm. So I think now companies are looking you know, before they, they saw technology as, yeah, I, I see it, it's there, but, you know, we've done business the same way for 30 years. Right. And we know what we're going to increase every year. Everything's, everything's good. You know, we don't want to rock the boat. COVID hit, changed everything. Mm -hmm. You know, so again, that's where we start talking about storytelling. How are you able to tell your story? How are you able to get back? Do you have analytics out there to know exactly what they looked at, how long they looked at it for, you know? No longer, again, you can't expect things to just, hey, one conversation and sell. So I think the best part of COVID has been is companies take it, taking a, one step back and saying, hey, wait, what do we need to do today to put us in a great place for tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And I think that they're embracing technology and realizing with a great piece of technology or multiple pieces of technology, it is going to make our life easier, which means our salespeople will sell more. You know, our service side is going to be able to service better. You know, our, our backend people, et cetera, everybody is going to be affected positively by having the right technologies in place. Exactly. The, the tech side has been one of the big things that I've been exploring with this show. 
Um, but what let's talk about virtual fatigue. Um, you know, that, you know, it's funny. I belong to a rotary club in Boston and we were talking last night. Obviously we can't meet in person right now. And we were just talking last night, how sick we are of not being able to hang out together. Um, how, how are people avoiding the fatigue of like, Oh, I got to get on to another zoom or teams pitch meeting. What are people doing to enrich that environment? And I imagine uh, obviously sports digita plays a big role in that, but how are people enriching the environment that, you know, is working to get the dollars rolling back in? Well, I think there's two parts to this. A lot of people see zoom as a phone call. Mm -hmm. It is not, it is different than a phone call. And the people that see it as a phone call, that's where fatigue sets in because I've been on so many calls during this last year where I'm talking to someone and, you know, they assume this was a phone call. And afterwards, like, why the heck did I just turn on my, my, my face? Like I, I could have done that on a phone, right? right? This is basically an in-person meeting that we're turning on, mm -hmm. but you have to, in these, you know, how do you make it work? You've got to keep them engaged when so let's say you and I right now are having this Zoom conversation. Right. If, if you weren't turning on your screen, I'm going to make you turn on your screen. I'm like, hey, if I'm turning on, you got to turn on in a good way. But I've got to keep you engaged. I've got to keep you going. What do I look for the most when someone starts looking down? Because what does that mean? They're looking at their freaking cell phone. Mm -hmm. It bugs the you know what out of me. So, but that will happen if you don't keep them engaged. Right. So what are you showing them on screen that is going to keep them playing? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. The first time I see someone look down, what I usually say is, hey, check this out. And I, and I go to a good part of a, whatever part of that presentation where I know it's moving, et cetera, because mm -hmm. I'm going to see their eyes. Right. And then keep them engaged from there. So you, you have to keep them looking up, have to keep that wow factor involved. Now, a lot of it comes in your voice, right? If, if I'm talking to you like this, I'm going to put you to sleep. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to be excited, be excited about what you're working for. You know, if you're working for a sports sale, you know, a team, like if I'm working for the Chicago Cubs, heck, I'm going to talk about how freaking cool it is about the Chicago Cubs. And, you know, yes, we won a world series in 2008 now, blah, 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 and, and go on and on and on. But if right. you're not doing that, you're going to put them to sleep. It, it, and that's where I found, and you, you bring up a good point because obviously uh, as salespeople, one of the big things that we always look for, especially when we get the in-person meeting after the discovery calls and emails, uh, is trying to find the body language cues that tell us whether or not we need to accelerate. And so a lot of it I, I'm taking is it's just, we need to do better in sales of using this platform, just like we're sitting across the conference table and trying to pick up on those cues. Yeah. If they're looking you know, I'm looking to my left because that's where my notes are. What am I, you know, am I, you know, what are they doing looking down? Is there something in the background that's distracting, trying to pick up some of those cues? Um, you know, that it's just a fascinating, fascinating equation right now that we all have to figure out. You know, I watch their eyes. I've always been able to do it. Again, I could, don't laugh when I say this. I could probably sell you a pencil, right? But I, I don't like pencils, you know? why I've been successful in sales is I listen to people, right? And give them what they want. So 
a lot of times you got to look at the body language, look at their eyes. What are, you know, you know, in sports, they're going to all laugh when they're listening to this. We use, we hear it all the time. We use it. We hear the term game changer. So I know when I'm talking to someone, I'm showing them what, what our capabilities are and showing them other decks, all of a sudden their mouth drops. And they said, wow, it's the wow factor. And like, oh, wow, that's a game changer. You know, so I, you need to show them that game changer because if you're not, again, you're going to lose them. And, and think about it, just like in an email, you better get someone in the first three sentences or less because if not, they're not going to keep on reading. So the same thing in a meeting, in a Zoom. In that first two, three minutes, that's important to keep them going. Ask them questions, make it back and forth, you know, force them in a good way to talk to you. Right. Because they're going to tell you exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. No matter what they, you know, whatever it is, they are going to tell you. As long as you ask, they will tell you. So you've got right. to listen and make it fun. You know, make it like, you know, again, I, I came from a, a big sports family. So like when I'm done talking to you, I want you to run out on the, on the field and say, let's, let's go. You know, and that's what you want them to do after every call. Like, holy cow, I can't live without this. Exactly. Have them wanting more. Exactly. So what, what are some successes that you can share over the past year from clients of yours? You don't necessarily, you know, be as specific as you want or can be, because the other thing I'm fascinated about, especially with, you know, something like the Digideck is obviously a lot of the assets and the success that teams are able to showcase right now in their story is the digital side of it. Digital engagement has been through the roof and that's really where teams have saved some of their, some of their budgets or at least made the best case for keeping partners on because there is a new strategy that we've all learned about how to really capitalize on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the, and the new features they're all bringing out. What, what are some successes that you can share with us? I won't name the specific team, but this is in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. There is a team out there that when I say was the best team that I've seen using video was fantastic. So yes, they were at home just like you and I are during this. They had their sales and service reps make videos mm-hmm. and get them out to their people that they were going after. So sometimes, you know, they did a, a, a video in general, but sometimes it was, Hey, Doug Holtzman, you know, this is blah, blah, blah. And went and, and talked about baseball, talked about the love of baseball, why they got into baseball, right. You know, what they'd gotten out of it. You also had other teams and we saw this a lot in the NBA that had videos utilizing players, coaches, high-end front office people from like GM's owners doing that same thing, reaching out to their fan base. You know, you wanted to remind them like, hey, look, we all miss playing or we all miss Mm -hmm. going to the games. And this is what I missed. I can't wait to have you back. So then others then took it even one step further and started having different ways of, so they bring on like guest chefs, and they would get out videos, right? And this, mm-hmm. this chef would teach them, this is what we cook at the ballpark. Right. You go through different recipes. So it's, it's kind of like that outside the box or, hey, they took off the blinders and said, hey, what can we do here? But the sky's the limit. So they started really utilizing videos and audio clips mm-hmm. and just different ways to reach out to people to connect one-on-one or one-to-many. 
So I see those are the people that have really succeeded over this last year. Do, do you find that you're seeing an uptick, especially in the utilization uh, of your services on the ticketing side? Because going, going back to what you mentioned, you know, I, I remember when I started out in the industry, I cut my teeth selling baseball tickets back in Ohio. Um, you know, one of the most successful things we did was the select a seat, you know, select a seat day back when I think that was still kind of a new idea. And then did some like very minor, you know, we didn't use videos, but we'd take pictures like, Hey, you know, here's what your view is going to be when I think DD Gregorius was on the Dayton dragons at the time when I was selling tickets, there was like, you know, watch DD get a grounder and, you know, throw someone out at first from right here. It's going to be a great spot. Do, do you see an uptick on the ticketing side right now? 100% because people had more time to do so and work with it. So for instance, we represent the, the San Diego Padres on the ticketing side. Mm-hmm. They went and took basically every angle in the ballpark where you would sit. Right. So now if I was talking to you and you're interested in the 200 level and whatever area, I was able to show you exactly what you were. They also utilize 360 views. So then you could take a look at it and like kind of look around like, oh my gosh, this is where exactly where I'm sitting mm-hmm. and get you kind of salivating, right? Of right. where you're able to be. Um, and then utilizing videos as well. So, you you know, we call it iframing. So if they have another company, we just kind of build that company right inside ours. And you could, so you don't have to take people to two different places to show them exactly what they get. Now it's all in one. Okay. But show people like have them remember, you know, have videos of it and then talk about it. Then afterwards they put a video like, Hey, William, this is Doug. You know, during our conversation, we talked about blank and where you get your seat and blah, 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 and then show it to them. Mm-hmm. So they're able to really connect on exactly what they want, but want them want to get them salivating of wanting to get back to the ballpark or the arena. Right. So that's the big thing. And it's just, a fascinating look at how this all changed because like we said at the top the book the book has been thrown away and we have to rewrite it and figure out how to navigate that because a lot of this uh you know there are some efficiencies that make maybe the in-person meeting um, a little obsolete in some cases and so we're going to be this what we're doing now isn't going away so finding out how we capitalize on the platforms and still spin the tail that we want to spin that has always worked for us um, in a, a new and more efficient way that's still going to drive the revenue um, it is paramount right now to reps. So, um, you know, that that's great. I think um, what you guys do is awesome. I, I'm jealous of people that have been able to use Digidec because I've never been able to use it. And I just think it uh, would have made my life a lot easier at times. Um, so it's fantastic, uh, fantastic stuff. But before, uh, before we go, I do have three questions just so the audience can get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so first question, Doug, what are you reading right now? I've got to get Kalula and put this in my coffee mug. If you're going to ask me what questions off the cusp, I'm ready. No, I've, I'm not actually a book reader. I'm more of an online reader. So in the morning, I literally get my cup of coffee. I get online, I go on Google News. And I, and I look at about five or six different categories. So I, I start in technology because I work in technology and I'm very, right. I mean, that's, that's where the world is. It's where the world will be. I look at business, right? So I look at, hey, what's, what's 
obviously the stock markets and everything, but where is business going to? I look at the entertainment side and obviously the sports side of the business and then science, because I'm kind of, I, I'm a, I'm a, a space nerd. Uh, love Elon Musk. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very interested there. And then health, obviously to see, because I think they all coincide, but I'm constantly reading. So it's funny as I'm not a book reader, but I'll go read for two hours every single morning on events that, that affect society, but also affect me in the business that I'm in. Right. No, it's a, it's a good way to do it. Broadens your horizons. You never know what you've read that morning in some of those different categories that might come up. Uh, you know, it's just a side point during a meeting that you know, gives you more time with uh, a prospect or renewal. Uh, so it's a good way to look at it. Um, who are you following right now? Can be a influencer, thought leader, anybody you're keeping your eye on. I always keep my mind on, on Mark Cuban because in the sports world, I always tell people, copy what Mark's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, he got to his, his place for a reason. Right. Um, I love what he's done with technology. I love what he does for, for companies. And I just love the, the person that he is, right? I mean, think about during this pandemic where he was literally telling people that worked for him, hey, I want you to go eat out at breakfast and lunch during the workday and I'll reimburse you because he wanted to keep on putting money into the Dallas-Fort Worth area, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. So I, I always follow Mark Cuban. And then obviously Elon Musk, I, I just mentioned, you know, from, from cars to space to, I mean, the guy talks about crypto and look what happens that next day. Exactly. So I, I, just, I, I follow him. I, I think he's extraordinary. And it's, you know, th- there's a reason why what, he's the second or third you know, richest person in the world, um, pending the day, I guess, uh, of stocks. But those are the two most uh, influencers. Um, I also, you know, on the sports side, another one is I always follow um, the EPL. Um, I I talked about that yesterday with someone as well. I I think that the passion of their fans is so remarkable. Um, You know, if you are from a certain city, that is your team. You don't, you don't go anywhere else. You know, you know, in the United States, you know, you may not be from, Chicago, but you live there now. So you may be a St. Louis Cardinal fan, or you may be a Milwaukee fan in, in the EPL. No, you are, wherever you are born, that is what you are the fan of. And I I think that's incredible. And I love what they're doing over there. So that's probably the three things I follow the most. All right. Awesome. Then last question, we'll get you out of here. What do you have your eye on over the next three months? It can be on, on anything. So, uh, Hopefully I, I pronounce this right because non-fungible tokens, NFT. Um, if you saw what Tom Brady announced about two, two days ago with autograph, of yep. what he's about to do, I am I am watching that because I think that will really change. Now, that stuff was done about five, 10 years ago, but now you're putting Tom Brady a part of this. And I want to see where this is going to take off because he's going to get other celebrities and other athletes a part of this. Mm-hmm. And that can change a lot of things. So I'm going to watch that over the next two, three months. With baseball and MLS, I'm going to watch for the percentage of fans in attendance. The reason being is that will probably affect fall for when college basketball, or excuse me, college football comes back, the NFL comes back, because they're watching as well. Right. They're saying, hey, if you know you open up to full attendance, what's going to happen with whatever and how that's perceived. So, you know, do you start with 25% and then go to 50, et cetera. So I'm just watching how that attendance goes. 
Obviously the demand is there right now, but it's more from a health standard and, and what the NFL and college is going to do for that. And then last but not least, I mentioned this before is cryptocurrency. I think that's the craziest thing on earth. I mean, you had, you had a few players that are, are actually getting paid in this. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see now are more teams going to accept that as a payment, whether it's a sponsorship or ticket sales, are they going to do more sponsorships with cryptocurrency as you started to see in the last month? Especially I think that you, category yeah. is freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy nuts is in a good way. Um, if I was selling sponsorships right now, I would be calling every cryptocurrency company in the freaking world because I think there's so much money out there to be had. And it's just a, a, a it's, it's a pretty cool category. And so just watch that over the next two, three months. Yeah, that I, I'm still wrapping my head around NFTs. I, I feel personally that I, you know, I've missed the boat on that. I just don't know if you're getting into the game at this point. Yeah, there are always going to be new people getting in. But I feel once you get a couple of those entrenched powers, there's nothing that's going to quite reach the success of what you've seen with uh, the NBA and Top Shot. And then ultimately, I think what Brady does with Autograph is going to get up to that level in a couple of months, pretty quick months, as far as demand and the revenue um, goes. Um, You know, it's funny. I probably once a week, I probably Google again, what is NFT? Because honestly... (laughs) it changes on a weekly basis of exactly what it is. So it's, 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 it's very intriguing there. Um, just keep your eye on it. It's, it is, it is interesting to see. And uh, it, it's odd, obviously it's taking off, but let's mm-hmm. see how far it can go. Exactly. The big, big money category right now is all in the digital and crypto. Um, Doug Holtzman, everybody, thank you so much for coming on and uh, hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, I will drop Doug's contact information in the, descriptions on uh, YouTube and Anchor if anyone wants to reach out and find out more about Sports Digita. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.